We keep things rolling here on the Sports Cubicle. I'm your host, Mike Mercado. I'm with the one, the only, Paul Shavari. And this segment is a really cool one. It is something that's near and dear to our hearts because our conversation was with some local awesome people. Paulie, what do we have in store for everybody around the water cooler? Well, we have two guests today. They're both uh, table tennis players that are going to be competing next week in South Korea for the 2024 ITTF World Team Table Tennis Championships. Uh, they're brothers, and they're also local to Chicago. We've got Sid Naresh and his brother, Nandan Naresh. Uh, guys, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hi, we're doing great. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, it, it's neat because we have a few different time zones here. We, you know, we've got uh, Nandan on the West Coast, uh, Sid over in Europe right now. So thank you so much for, for being here. Um, truly, truly thankful. Um, so you're gearing up for the World Championships coming up here how does it feel to be competing as teammates this time around instead of against each other, which seems to be happening a lot lately? For me, at least, uh, it feels really good to have him as a teammate instead of an opponent because the last few times uh, things haven't gone my way. But yeah, I think him on the bench and like supporting me when we play is like really good and always training with each other, talking about matches, how we're going to play against certain opponents is always great. So I really enjoy having him as my teammate. And also the aspect of traveling to new countries with him and, yeah, just enjoying the experience. So for me, I'm very excited to go to South Korea to compete. Same question, Nandan? Uh, yeah. I mean, I like playing him, but um, it's also very fun to compete on a team. We've done it a few times, like, throughout our career. And, yeah, I'm excited to do it once again. And how does it feel to be representing the United States uh, this time around? I mean, I know you did it in the Pan American Games, but to do it on the world stage, um, what's that like to to represent the United States? It's always like a very proud feeling for me. And um, yeah, I really enjoy it. And to represent Team USA as a whole, it's just really honoring. Sid, this is really interesting because I have two younger brothers and we're all within a year and a half of each other. And all throughout high school, it was constant competition all the way up through varsity and every afterwards, right? Whether it's dumb fantasy football all the way to any bar games that you can play. But you guys actually have some stakes whenever you guys go against one another. For you, what is it like? And then, Nandan, same for you. What is it for you guys when you're sitting there and you're mentally, you're preparing, you've done all the physical things you've had to, you've done all the studying you did for, for the matchup mentally, but knowing that you're going against the one person that knows all the X factors, that knows all the tendencies, that knows all the tells, what is it for you? Is it one of those things like a awesome, you know, dark souls, bloodborne type of thing where I'm going against the best bad guy and I'm going to get the most XP I can from this one, or is it more frustrating or is it more entertaining for you? Sid, what is, what is that like that match of going against your brother? Yeah, I think um, the last few times going into the match, I kind of put a little bit too much pressure on myself. I feel sometimes I found myself in the matches like uh, overthinking or getting a little bit stressed out. But yeah, after watching them and um, kind of reviewing, I think that now in the future, I'm going to go into all the matches against them, trying to enjoy the experience a little bit more and just trying to play my best. Because, yeah, like how you said, we both know each other's games, like really like down to every single little detail. So really what it comes down to is who's there and like who's more present in the moment, because really when we play in training, it's always 50-50. So I think, yeah, also in the matches, I also have to kind of sometimes let the result go and just try to enjoy the experience and, yeah, be in the present. Yeah, sometimes it does get pretty frustrating and it's pretty easy to, 
use the excuse like oh like they know me so well like he just knows like everything I do but then I just think whoever's better mentally on that day normally comes comes out with the win so I want to bounce off that and I'll start with you then it's funny when we talk to the our our, some of our favorite athletes hometown or from abroad and we get a chance to kind of dissect what it's like day in and day out and for you guys I think this is one of these moments where we can really talk to our people actually our people everybody here around the cooler here in the Chicago Chicagoland area of the training, the regimen that goes into this physically. How often are you guys at the gym? Not just practice, not just the practice and the skills that it takes day in and day out to build a routine, but you're actually doing the cardiovascular work. You're building your muscles. You're building your brain. How much off the court, off the practice training goes on for you guys on a day-to-day basis that is just as equivalent to some of our our premier athletes that we have at all the other games that represent the United States. It's it's a lot more than people would expect. Like most people have the image of table tennis as like a basement hobby, basement sport. But like if you really watch the top level, there's a lot of physical demand. And for me, I try to do like something physically to like help benefit my table tennis game around four to five times a week. And a lot of it's like balance, core strength, and footwork. So yeah, around four to five times a week, I'm in the gym, or sometimes you can just do it by yourself home somewhere. With this tournament coming up, it, it appears that if you get into the quarterfinals, that the team can qualify for the Olympics. What does that mean for you guys uh, qualifying for the Olympics? Is that like a dream that's that's been there for you? I think, yeah, ever since I was a little kid, like that's, I think for every athlete, like qualifying for the Olympics is probably like the highest status you could achieve in like that kind of experience from what other players have told me is like really like once in a lifetime and truly unbelievable. So I think, yeah, here in South Korea, we're um, yeah going to try fight our hardest to make the quarterfinals because this would be, yeah, um, an unbelievable result for Team USA. And also, especially in this Olympic year, it would be super important for us to help qualify as a team. Ted, I want to ask you because I think your brother gave a great answer of what goes on off the court and trying to make sure that you're building your body and your mind, not just on day in and day in practice, but you've seen a lot now, right? You you've done the travels and you played a lot of big time games. And there's a lot of wisdom that you're going to be putting on to the next generation. When after your career, a long, long time from now, but you're kind of one of these dudes who's breaking ground as the oldest in this situation. And I think what's fun about what we're talking about here is the off the court stuff, but what is something that you've learned that you did not think, through your travels that you were going to learn? Was it how popular the sport is around the world? Was it how many different type of techniques have been discovered and have been mastered over the years? What is something that you've learned that has really evolved your game that you didn't expect over the last few years? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think one of the biggest things over the last few years that's helped me kind of develop and improve my game is kind of realizing how much of the game is like played with your bo- uh, legs and body. Like from an outside perspective, you think a lot of it is like with your shoulder, arm, like wrist. And those are also very important. But one thing that, especially in like the last few months, like that I've been like learning a lot about is how like the power and stuff comes from really like your legs, your core, the body, like using the power from the ground and your arm is kind of like as a guide to the ball. But yeah, so I feel technically that's definitely one of the biggest things that I've been working on recently. And yeah, actually, because in the U.S. table tennis is not so popular, I always thought kind of growing up that, yeah, like not many people like watching it and it's kind of like kind of a very small sport and which in the U.S. 
that's partly true. But outside, like here in Germany, or even in December of 2023, when Nanda and I were in China, like the stadium was completely packed whenever Team China was playing. And it was really cool just to see how like different, like different cultures and different countries treat table tennis and how popular and really like the fans are super into it in different countries. So that was also a pretty eye-opening experience for me. I want both you guys to answer this. So I'll start with uh, Nanda, and I think we'll go with you first, though. You guys are growing up in the TikTok era, right? Like, you know, Paul and I are on social media. We have to be because of of work. And, you know, obviously there's entertainment. There's really cool stuff you can see, especially if you're a sneakerhead or if you like watching clips, whatever, right? But for you guys, when you're watching kind of the world that is so big become so small because it's in the palm of your hand, how often do you catch yourself finding something and putting it in the back of your head? It's like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. Oh, that was an interesting point. That's an interesting technique. How often are you using Instagram Reels or TikTok? How often are you taking things that you see there from your feed and you're utilizing it or putting it in the back of your head as a potential weapon or something that you could kind of use against somebody in this day and age where it's so accessible in the palm of your hand? Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess this isn't particularly a good thing, but I'm on TikTok quite a lot. And um, yeah, especially in the table tennis side of TikTok, there's like a lot of people who go viral. They're doing new things, new trick shots, new serves, whatever it is. But it's always something new, Other, and that's why it's blowing up. So yeah, I always think to myself that it's a pretty cool thing. And even for stuff like outside of table tennis, like whatever recipes, whatnot, it's always, you know, it can always go to the back of my head and I always store it there. Sid, same for you. Like in that situation, right? Like you're seeing how fast things are moving. Are you able to keep up and and grab some of these things to put in your utility belt like Batman? Or is it more something like you're using it for enjoyment and sometimes you're able to grab something and you're able actually to use it and run with it? Yeah, I feel like actually most of the times I'm watching table tennis videos, even if it's just like a snort, like short snippet on Instagram or TikTok, I feel like being able to like visualize and model players, especially the best in the world is so important. So for my game, like a lot of times I'll choose one or two shots for that like one player who I look up to or like one of the best in the world. And oftentimes like I see them so much on Instagram, like reels or on TikTok. So when I'm able to watch it, I feel like it helps me get a better understanding of like, especially different angles, like slow motions, just kind of seeing how exactly their body works and like how their mind works just to be able to play these shots. So for me, actually, I feel it's, such a great tool to be able to watch this because I feel before when you could only watch like in person, it's was more limited, but now any match that's like playing at the highest level, I can watch on YouTube. So for different players with different strategies and different techniques, I feel it's like really unbelievable that I'm able to watch all of this and learn from it. So I enjoyed a lot. All right. I got to ask about you guys have played a lot of matches officially against each other. I want to know about the unofficial matches against each other, the basement battles. Uh, tell me a little bit about those and how that's influenced you uh, then and now. Um, we'll start with uh, Nandan, which I'll say in the storyline of both of you, Sid leads all time, but lately uh, Nandan's had Sid in the last couple of meetings. And I, I want to hear how you know these epic battles that we don't know about affect the battles that we do know about. In the basement, things would get really heated. It was like... Yeah, we would play there every during COVID every day. And I hated doing drills during that point of time. So I just said, like, okay, let's play a match, and then I'll finish. And then every time, we would just keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. And eventually, I would get really mad. I would be losing, especially during the COVID time. I would always lose. And um, 
then I would leave, storm upstairs, and then <laughs> the next <laughs> same thing, lose, go back upstairs. But yeah, I mean, I guess when we used to play in the basement, yeah, he would always he would always beat me. Yeah, I think especially yeah, the one memory that comes back to mind is like basically twenty twenty when our club was closed. We were playing almost every day with just with each other and um in our basement it's like much smaller than uh, a regular hall so the ball moves a lot faster because of the air pressure so in the basement like i felt like i could play unbelievable like every ball i hit just felt like a rocket so i felt um when playing him like we had some unbelievable points so for me it was always great and especially in 2020 and covid when many players couldn't practice it was always so much fun for me being able to still train and especially with a good player like because even at that time yeah most of the time I was winning but still it was similar level so and I think that was really when we both started to, to develop and kind of improve so that we could start playing like on the men's national team level so I think those few months and those um, basement battles are very important in the uh, developmental stages of our game. Paulie, I got back to back, but I wanted to start with this one, okay? Because Sid, you just piqued my interest about air pressure. You know, in other <laughs> sports, it's so commonplace to talk about X factors, right? Like whether or not it's it's how the wind is gusting in golf or football, all this other stuff, right? All the X factors. You just said air pressure. What is something that would surprise people that you guys have to keep in mind in the middle of a match that nobody would even think would be something that you would have to keep in mind while you're in a world championship matchup and oh maybe your brother's the guy across from you doing it yeah oh man i could go on for a long time about this but table tennis is so precise it's unbelievable like every the tables are all different the balls like different brands so always going into a tournament we always get there like two three days ahead so we can warm up in the hall because there are many different table tennis brands which produce tables and balls and some tables are slower than others. Some tables bounce higher. Some t like slide a little bit. And also with the ball, some are lighter. Some are a little bit heavier. Some produce a little bit more spin. Some less. So I think going early and adjusting to these balls, especially for big events like World Championships, and also for the trials for these World Championships, me and my brother would always go a few days ahead just so we can feel the hall, feel the ball a little bit better. Because that's something also you don't really see from the outside. But especially these players at the highest level, like, they're practicing with this ball and this table like months ahead of the tournament just so that when they get to the table and when they're nervous, they can perform because even just a millisecond too late or like a millimeter too high and you can make a mistake. So these kind of details are really, I think, what separates like the best of the best. Nandan, I want you to answer this one and then Sid, uh, right after he does, I want you to jump in too because when I hear you guys talk about this, you guys are students of the game. You guys are well-spoken. You guys are great represents representatives of not just the state of Illinois, not just the Chicagoland area, but the sport itself. And I think it goes to show not just the the culture you guys have at home, but also who you emulate your style on and off the court. And I want to ask you, are you guys sports fans? So if you are, what is an athlete that you really, in any sport, not just let's just take it away from the, the, the sport that you guys are so great at, but whether it's the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, international soccer, whatever it may be, what is an athlete that really inspires you outside of your core circle that's already done such a great job that really motivates you or puts you in a mindset to continue on the grind? Uh, Nanda, I'll start with you. I'm not sure if I really have someone like that. I kind of try to compare myself to myself from like a year ago or like even like yesterday to try to keep pushing myself further and further. I guess, yeah, I don't really have someone that I specifically 
look up to in a different sport. Say before we jump into you, I want let's let's dig into that for just a second. Where did you get that mindset from? Where where was that installed? Because I think that's a very I think both you guys have that built in you where it is to continue to try to get better and better every single day. But where at such young ages for both of you, where did that come from? I think most of it was just from a lot of the our peers around us. I feel like coming like when we both were very young and our parents as well that we had like a really good environment that were like always supporting us like parents coaches like other training partners and I felt like that kind of support motivates me to like try to do better try to continue improving try to like get my best every single training every single match so I think that's a big part of it and once I started winning and gaining more and more confidence it's kind of like like the snowball just keeps getting bigger and bigger so I think right now how I feel like the love for the game the passion and how I fight for every single point when I play, I think it's kind of, um, yeah, like a show of all the work that not only me, but my coaches, my parents, my training partners have all put in. So that's why I want to keep fighting, uh, keep getting better and my motivation. We'll bring it home here and uh, let these uh, young men uh, get a uh, bedtime for uh, Sid over on the other side of the world <laughs> and uh, nod on and train for this, uh, this world championships. But um, so great to have you guys here and, um, you know, good luck in South Korea and, and please, you know, come back, let us know how it was. Um, you know, we'd like to keep up with you guys as, uh, you know, your quest, especially if you guys make the Olympics, we'd love to, uh, to have you get on again and talk about that. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here and uh, you guys have some great questions. So thank you guys. We thank appreciate you. it. You know what, before we let you go, how often do you get a chance to say hello and, and a shout out to your, your home, the people of your home. So, you know, each of you guys, uh, Sid, we'll start with you. What, uh, any final thoughts on the sport, any shout outs, anything to your people here in Chicago? Go ahead, buddy. It's you've earned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you to all my coaches in Chicago, coach Ichi and, to the club that I was brought up in, in Addison, uh, Xperia Table Tennis. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And yeah, every step of the way, I'm always thinking about you guys. I'm very grateful for all the work and effort that you have um, put into making me the player that I am today. So thank and, you guys so much. And Sid, do you have any social medias you want to plug? On Instagram, it's at just Sid Naresh. Now, now, now is your turn, my boy. Let's yeah. do this. Give the shout outs. Give me your social medias. Do it all to the people of Chicago. Let's go. Yeah, so mine also, Xperia for sure. I remember I was like 9, 10, until like, yeah, 13, 14. I would just be there every day playing league with like some of the older guys. And they would all like, it would all kind of hype me up, even though I was like barely above the table. So yeah, that was like a huge part of what brought me here today. So shout out to them. And your, and your uh, social media so the people can follow you during this oh, journey? Nandan Naresh. Kick ass in these games coming up. We got more coming up next here on the Sports Cubicle. He's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado.